now we're going to get some smoke in our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what kind of, what kind is this one? This is a, it's called Four Roses. Four Roses. And it's their, their small batch. Okay. Um, but it's actually, it's a, a really mellow type of whiskey. Okay. It uh, doesn't have that, that bite at the end. Yeah. In, in my opinion. Okay. Um, but it's uh, probably my second favorite type of whiskey right now. What do you think? It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, my first favorite is 1835. It's a Texas whiskey. Yeah. And I'm not sure where this one's from, but um, I like, oh, this is Kentucky. Okay. But uh, I like mixing this one. The other day I mixed it with uh, apple cider. Okay. It was amazing. Nice. <laughs> and you, you don't like ice? <laughs> uh, it depends. Um, this one, I like it a little more, well, I like it neat, um, mm-hmm. especially if I'm like, I can sip on this for a long time. Gotcha. If I have ice, I, I feel like it really mellows it out and it's already got that mellow flavor to it. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe I should have tried mine without <laughs> yeah. second right. glass. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so the, the whole idea of what I'm trying to get started here is uh, pretty much people like you that have inspired me a lot in in life. Um, I want to be able to highlight you guys, you know, uh, like Richard, you, uh, a few other guys that I have in mind. Yeah. Uh, you guys, like every single day, just think about y'all and like... Uh, you know, from from the very beginning, we just kind of had that connection, and uh, I really appreciate y'all for uh, you know just giving me giving me advice in general and and being there for me and allowing me to be vulnerable with you guys. You know, uh, I know um, the first time we ever went out for uh, for lunch, I was extremely vulnerable with you (laughs) yeah i remember yeah and uh you know it it means it means the world to me yeah um yeah i think you uh definitely impacted my life in a in a very positive way when when all of that was going on um (laughs) yeah yeah um so uh you know just really appreciate you and and thank you from the bottom of my heart (laughs) i appreciate those words uh it's so being a teacher i mean i can't tell you how many times i've tried to leave the profession Mm -hmm. you know it's crossed my mind a lot and it's like well you know what's the point Mm -hmm. um so it's like i could say that this is honestly like i don't even know the words for it it's a great honor just to know that you would continue to keep in contact with me. Mm-hmm. Let me know what's going on in your life. Um, and let me know that I've had an impact. I know that a lot of teachers feel like, you know, these kids, you know, they don't care at all. Uh, yeah. So it's cool to see after so many years that I really did make an impact mm-hmm. in the classroom on the soccer field, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and I, I wish more.
more teachers had the opportunity to hear from former students like this and just to just to see you know you said you're you're you were vulnerable and it's really cool that I could have you know be a part of that share that with you Mm -hmm. um one of my closest friends is he's 26 as well and he's actually a, a teacher that works right next door to me. He was my student teacher about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, he's told me what a mentor I've been to him. Yeah. And so, again, that's that's just like a – it's probably one of the best compliments that somebody can receive, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. So just to be able to have that impact on another person's life, like that's at, – at the end of the day, it's not about – for me anyways in middle school science if you know that a proton is positive but mm-hmm. that I had an impact on your life and, and that's something that you can carry forward yeah yeah for for me uh I, I love science so I remember your class specifically I just loved being there you know and I mean I, I was also a knucklehead I'm not gonna say I was a <laughs> freaking <laughs> superstar student or whatever but uh but you know I had a few of my buddies there in that class with me, so we're always goofing around doing dumb stuff. But uh, instead of like getting onto us, you connected with us, because you were also you were 27, right at the uh, time. Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, even now you're still really young. Uh, so just the way that you would connect with us, we would kind of all get in line, you know, just just regularly. We didn't want to continue goofing around or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and so, like, science, for me, I mean, I love science. I, I've always loved science. If I could, you know, go back and, um, <laughs> and, and like, choose what I wanted to do in, in college and stuff, I would definitely go the science route, just follow my heart and, you know, do something with, uh, like, astronomy or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I remember your class. I really enjoyed it because you would teach us those things. Um, I remember one time you gave us a, a prompt. I remember this prompt uh, because you said, I, w- I want you to talk about, uh, or I want you to describe where you are right now. And some people were like, oh, well, I'm sitting in a class or whatever. And when you asked that question, I immediately started thinking of like the cosmos and like, where how we're on this floating rock you know we're just like i like immediately zoomed out right to like the bigger picture and i I was like super proud of that little paragraph that i wrote and i showed it to you and you you looked at me you were like it's very deep very deep and uh you're like i love it (laughs) and i I just felt really proud at that moment because i was like oh this guy he digs me like he knows what's up yeah yeah. (laughs) um so yeah (laughs) i remember so uh trying to think back to I can remember specifically a few of you in that class I I remember where you sat too Mm -hmm. um you kind of sat I had my my tables in a line like this uh kind of parallel with one another and then yeah if I'm not mistaken and uh um I think we're gonna have to take a break maybe and grab some cover um I think we should be fine okay as long as it doesn't get too hard you know yeah if if nothing else i've got a a canopy that we can put up okay so yeah i I think it would be all right okay Mm -hmm. all right um 
but yeah, I, I remember specifically, and I think his name was David. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember David you two Herrera. Sat next. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that you two cheated on a test together. <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't remember that specifically, <laughs> I, but <laughs> so I remember that, and I was like, because both of you were on the soccer team. Yeah, yeah. And it happened during the soccer season. Okay. And I remember, <laughs> I can't let this go. What am I going to do? Uh, so I remember having, I think I had a conference with your mom and dad. Oh, okay. And, or they showed up. <laughs> yeah, they, they, and, and I, I said, all right, your punishment is you're going to have to retake the test mm-hmm. um, at another time. Um, but the highest I would give you, even if you got 100, the highest I was going to give you was a passing grade of a 70. Yeah, yeah. And, uh. <laughs> And then I, I think I sat you out for the first half of the next game. But I was like, man, because from what I can remember, you were you were one of the superstars on the team. Yeah, I would like to think so. <laughs> um, I do remember, however, in high school, I was, uh, you know, uh, Coach Fernandez. Yeah. Um, he was also the Spanish teacher. And I was not, I mean, I can speak Spanish, but I'm not uh, educated in Spanish, right? And um, I should have taken it way more serious so I could actually understand my own language (laughs) um, and speak it properly. But I'm like, dude, I don't even speak English properly. So so I, I cheated on a test for Spanish and he caught me. And you got caught. The same thing happened. It was during soccer season. Uh, you're not very good at cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not very good at cheating. I always get caught. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I do want to ask. So what I learned about you was uh, you're Christian. Is that correct? I am. Yeah. And uh, I remember when we went out to lunch, you told me that um, – that you taught Sunday school, but that you taught it in a way where, like, so you would include science into it and talk about how yeah. uh, science kind of proved the Bible, I guess. Um, I'm not very educated on the Bible. Um, so, like, or or even in Christianity, mm-hmm. um, I just have, like, a base knowledge. So, like, how, like, what are some of the things that you... Uh, used to like intertwine both science and that religion and like what makes what makes you you know kind of uh believe what you believe uh using both yeah absolutely so i guess just to kind of go back my background um i grew up in the church okay uh so actually my my parents divorced when i was i think i was two years old um and then My sisters lived with my mom, and I lived with my dad. Um, But then my dad and I, we both lived with my grandparents. And so my grandparents were really involved in the church, and so they they took me all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, my faith, I really attribute that to them. And so as I've, you know, so I've always believed that God existed, right, Mm -hmm. or exists. And so as I got older, then, of course, you know, you start to learn things on your own or begin to develop your own thoughts and ideas about things. Right. And so as I got older, I I had to really 
think about things and and so I felt like I was borrowing their faith, right? So I had to make it my own. Right. Um and I really I feel like I I grew a lot when I went to college. Uh so I I had some really close friends. Um there was a core group of us and we all grew up in church. So that was amazing to have that support system. Mm-hmm. I got to college. I went to college actually with my best friend growing up. We were best friends since kindergarten. Um, and we ended up being college roommates together. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was amazing. And so immediately, actually, when my parents were helping me move in, um, my dad came in and handed me this little uh, business card, I guess, that advertised this church on campus. And he was like, here, I figured you'd want to know about this group, you know, being here um, on your own. So I got really involved. I was involved in that in um, my entire college education. And then... This was uh, what college? Uh, I went to Bowling Green State University in Northern Ohio. Okay. Yeah. And so I felt like I grew a lot there. Um, and then I moved here. Um, it took me a while to find a church that I, I really wanted to get into. Um, I didn't have that core group of guys anymore to kind of keep me accountable. Um, so my church experience moving down here was kind of off and on. And then I got married and, you know, my wife and I talked about it and I said, you know, I, I really want this to be a important part of our lives. And so, uh, we'd gotten connected into a, a great church with a great group of friends. Um, and then eventually one of the guys asked me to start teaching a class. So we'd started teaching, you know, little kids. Uh, then I helped out with the youth group for a while. And then they asked if I would co-teach a Sunday school class with another guy and then also host a home Bible study. And so as that happened, man, I, it, it really tested, uh, my faith. It really made me grow. I had to, I had to read a lot more than what I I was normally. Um, were were you a teacher already, um, in the classroom? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as I moved here, uh, now it's been 18 years now. Um, yeah, I moved here specifically for the teaching job. Okay. Yeah. And you started at Aldine? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I actually started at Hambrick Middle School. I was there for four years. Uh, then they were opening up Lewis. And so I, I moved over there, uh, for two years and then I went to Grantham where I've been ever since. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but (laughs) I guess making a long story even longer to answer (laughs) your question, um, as I've taught science, um, I realized that there is a lot of stuff that's being taught in the classroom that really kind of went against my faith. Um, and so as I'm teaching, then I'm really starting to make connections and it's like, okay, well, scientists are saying that the universe has existed for, you know, billions of years or whatever, whatever the number is Mm -hmm. now that they say, uh, which is inconsistent all the time, it seems. Um, and that the earth is, you know, millions of years old. Um, and that dinosaurs walked the earth and then, you know, a meteor hit and destroyed Mm -hmm. them. And as I'm reading the Bible and as I'm, uh, teaching these classes, I realize there's some inconsistencies, that I, th- I feel like a lot of Christians don't even realize. 
And so that led me into apologetics, which is, you know, def- uh, so the word apology is to, to give an account for, um, not to say I'm sorry, but to give an account, uh, to give a reason for your thinking. So um, as I began to study apologetics, um, it really kind of says that science and, and Christianity they're not separate. They actually complement one another very well. Mm-hmm. And so I actually took a course through Biola University and um, to, to get a certificate in apologetics. And so that's really where I began my, my journey on figuring out how science and my faith meet. Okay. Um, so you started teaching science first. Yes. Uh, but you already had your faith. So what made you want to teach science? So I actually, when I went to college, I, I didn't have any desire to become a teacher. Okay. Um, I started off as a marine biology major. And, you know, in northern Ohio, there are no oceans nearby. Mm-hmm. So I took a couple of classes. I researched it more and more and realized that a lot of it includes working in labs and and things. And what I realized is I was just a shark nut. I loved sharks. I was obsessed with them. Um, So I figured, you know, that's probably not something I want to pursue full time. Uh, Maybe one day I'll swim with sharks, whatever the case may be. Um, But my best friend that I went to school with, uh, he was actually in the education program. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first my first year, actually, I just explored different ideas, mm-hmm. um, different career paths. I took, you know, uh, biology. I took um, pre-med classes. I took some business accounting, finance, and realized uh, that I was more into science than anything else. And then my buddy was like, you know what, just take this education class with me. And I'm thinking, okay, whatever. Uh, I took it and I fell in love with it. So then as I reflected back, um, trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to pursue, I realized that I was always working with kids. Um, growing up in my youth group, I would, I would always help out and volunteer with the little kids. Um, we would do puppet shows and all kinds of crazy things. Then in school, I would go back, as a high schooler, I would go back to the elementaries and I would, I would read books to the kids and I would tutor. Um, so then I took the class and everything just kind of clicked. Yeah. And so uh, I guess that's kind of where I decided that I was going to go the education route. Um, I, I tried it uh, elementary. I knew I didn't want to do high school. Um, I tried elementary, realized that wasn't for me. Volunteered at a middle school, loved it. So that was the route that I had to take. But within middle school education, I had to choose two areas. And so I chose history and science. And um, as I went through the courses through the rest of my college education, uh, I was drawn more to to science than anything else. Um, So that's how I came into science. And again, yes, I had my my faith. but never really felt that the two connected. I didn't see that connection mm-hmm. until I started teaching 
Sunday school class. Okay. So how how do you realize that? How did you realize that? You know, science complemented your faith rather than battled against it. <laughs> yeah. So, and I I think one of the big aha moments was we were talking about dinosaurs and just how you know they roamed around on earth you know millions of years before people and then the meteor wiped them out they you know were extinct uh and then man came along later through the process of evolution um do you do you believe that or i don't no i don't okay no um and so the whole thing with dinosaurs the aha moment was uh we were actually um my buddy and i we were preparing to teach through the book of genesis Uh, the first book of the Bible, which goes into, you know, the first words are in the beginning, God. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you've got, you've got in the beginning, you know, the beginning of time, God, well, God did something. He started something, right? And so then it goes through the process of creation. And so you've got the first six days where God is creating and then the seventh day he rests, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, you have, you have all of these, uh, You've got the earth forming. You've got the water, the separation, light, night and day. Um, then you have the birds in the sky, the the fish in the, in the seas. And then you've got land animals. And then you've got people, mm-hmm. right? Death didn't, you know, according to the Bible, death did not exist until Adam and Eve, the first people, sinned, right? That's when death existed or came into being. Um, so then... I'm thinking, okay, well, we're saying that dinosaurs were wiped out millions of years before people. Mm-hmm. The Bible says the dinosaurs were created that same creation week that people were. And nothing died until uh, death existed. Uh, smoke's getting my eyes now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, until Adam and Eve sinned, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a conflict. So... I feel like my belief is that the Bible is 100% true. You know, if you've got this sovereign God who's in control of it all and can create the universe and everything that he says he did in his Bible, well, then, of course, he can have a written document, the Bible, that is 100% true, right? So I was like, okay, as, as a believer and as a science teacher, there's some conflicts let me search it a little deeper. And so I found as I go along that there really are no conflicts in what I believe about science and my belief in some, let me say that, there are conflicts, right? But there's explanations. So you've got, we're all here, right? We exist. The question is how? Did... Uh, some supreme being create us, God, or was it through another process like evolution? And so you've got to figure that out. Um, and it was really cool. One year I had uh, a conversation with some students because we were talking about things. And one thing I asked them, they said, you know, it, we're, we're people, but we evolved. We came, you know, went through this process over millions and millions of years. And then, so one of them had... I don't remember what was on the table. But I said, would you believe that that 
whatever that object, let's call it a, 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 let's call it a book. Okay. Do you believe that over time that book just came into existence, but it was dust particles or whatever else before, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're like, no. Okay. Well, why not? Well, because you can see that there are words that have been printed on it, pictures that have been printed on it. So the thing is, it's you have evidence of a designer, of a creator, right? So that book is a pretty simple thing, right? But if you look at the human body, very complex, way more complex than that book. But yet people say that over time you had goo, bacteria, primordial soup, whatever you want to call it, right? That all came together and has evolved over time into something more and more complex. Mm-hmm. I can't buy into that. You know, if you can't say that that book or a computer or a watch or um, a phone did not just come into being over time, the human body, which is more complex than all of that put together, how can you say that that just came into being over time? Mm-hmm. So I guess that's kind of where I'm at as far as where we came from, evolution or a supreme being, right? Mm-hmm. They both take faith. It's just where you're putting your faith at. Right, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's one thing I've I've learned uh, as I'm getting older is uh, even science, It's you, you're still putting your faith into it, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, whether your faith is in Christianity, Buddhism, science, or you're an atheist, you're still believing in something. Absolutely. You, so you still have faith in something, um, which is why I think it's important for us to coexist Absolutely. with each other, right? Yep. Because um, everyone's going to believe something a little bit different, right? Yeah. Um, so what, I, what I'm really interested in, I, I feel like um, there's, there's definitely been some points in my life where I'm like, oh, there has to be a God, you know, like somebody's looking out for me. Mm-hmm. Something's there, what, like has my back or whatever. Um, then there's other times that I'm like, dude, I don't know, <laughs> you know, so I feel like I haven't made up my mind and, and I want to get more educated on more religions um, and even science within itself. I want to be more educated, you know, Um I feel like I can't, I feel like I'm more agnostic because I can't, because I, I'm ve- I'm a very like hard evidence type of guy, you know, right, where it's right. like, like I need to see it and then I'll be able to like believe it a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. But obviously even in science, there's some things that we just can't explain. There's things that like, you know, like the light spectrum, you, x-rays are like, it's it's on the spectrum but we can't see it right? right like like right now if if our eyes process different type of light you could see totally different maybe we could see in the night or in in pitch black or whatever yep. but because of our physical um limitations you know and and what we have accessibility to we see this right now right absolutely yeah and so so i think there's a lot of science that can't be explained which is also me then questioning science right yeah yeah and uh i think it's i think it's really healthy to question everything right um and uh, what i've been really interested in is uh like lost civilizations like what do you think about that like um you know there's there's 
a lot of uh, scriptures and and like artwork and like evidence of to a certain evidence to a certain extent of like civilizations that were maybe not human or from earth um or or even lost civilizations you know like with the pyramids you know nobody can really explain how those were there with such precision and and like all the pyramids in mexico like every single one of those periods has pyramids has something to do with you know the stars and the alignments of the star like it's insane <laughs> yeah, yeah that is that that's that's something that um I've never really looked into, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, so I will say, like, as far as beings outside of this earth, uh, I guess I would say that I'm more of a skeptic when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. And only because... Um, there's nothing about it in the Bible necessarily. I, I mean, okay. to, to my knowledge, right? Um, I will say that a lot of, because you're right, in a lot of these pictures that they find in caves or, or wherever, um, there's this idea that something else is out there, right? Mm-hmm. UFOs, aliens, whatever you want to call it. My thing is, because in the Bible, it talks about how there's a lot of interaction with humans and angels, right? Yeah. So, and and again, I haven't really put much thought into it or really um, researched it, but immediately I think about that. What, you know, what is it, what kind of interaction was it? And Mm -hmm. could it have been um, supernatural, you know, angels interacting with people? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and as far as the pyramids and things go, yeah, a lot of that is, is very mysterious. And, and we think, I, I think another area where we kind of get it wrong is we think, okay, because evolution is taking place and everything's getting better and better, that civilizations before us were not as intelligent. Right. And, um, so two things. One, I, I don't think that things got better or more complex because of the law of thermodynamics um, or the law of entropy, which means that things are decaying, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the law of conservation of mass says that matter cannot be created nor destroyed, only transformed, but it becomes unusable. So like right now we have wood and we've applied fire to it, right? Mm-hmm. Will that matter still exist? The law of conservation of mass says it cannot be created, cannot be destroyed. So what are we doing? We're burning it, right? But it's being transformed. What's it being transformed into? Well, we see smoke. Mm-hmm. You can feel the heat. You can see the light. And there's a pile of ash beginning to form, right? right. So it just transforms into what yeah. it is. Um, but but things aren't getting better. So if you go to the stars, uh, think of the sun which is made of hydrogen mm-hmm. and as it goes through nuclear fusion it, it transforms into helium and the byproduct is heat and light energy right mm-hmm. um, but the point is it's transforming but we can't get that energy back into a usable form necessarily uh, that log is not going to be in a usable form ever again Yeah. so 
to say that things are getting better, um, well, what we see in science is that things aren't getting better. They're actually decaying. Uh, mm-hmm. We grow and then we begin to decay. We, mm-hmm. we die, right? Yeah. Um, but going back to civilization, if, if God created Adam and Eve, right? He's not going to create Adam and Eve caveman style where there's there's no intellect probably the most intelligent two people ever on earth right mm-hmm. and you've got these civilizations that yeah you know they didn't have um an iphone or uh electricity probably like we have today but they were probably way superior to us as far as intellect and, and just yeah. think of all the things that they were able to do and create with the limited tools that they had mm-hmm. So, and even even like spiritually, I'm, I would assume that they were way more spiritually connected with nature, with their own groups, you know, their own tribes or their own peoples. Like, that's yeah. something that we in this modern world are missing a lot is that spirituality, and not like some sort of like hippie thing or whatever, but. More of like just being connected with each other, you know? Yeah. So as far as like community goes and family, mm-hmm. they were... So my buddy put it like this. He, he says, y- you would not live in your own house like we do now. We're very isolated from one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go weeks without talk, talking to, you know, specific people. Mm-hmm. And you could probably go days without interacting with, you know, I mean, I, I think of the neighbors that I have around me. And I can go days without seeing certain ones or, you know, even talking to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not how it was for them. They, yeah. they lived in, um, I would assume, probably pretty close quarters. Yeah. And then a lot of it was, you know, you would have extended family living together. Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. Um, you were saying that, uh, you know, like the log is, is burning turning into ash and all that i saw this uh i saw this uh like theory or something i think it's on netflix forgot what it's called but i saw it on i saw a clip of it on tiktok where they put an apple in a box the box is vacuum sealed the apple then starts to decay and it you know eventually hundreds of years pass by or whatever and it's just like dust or whatever yeah and then another thousands and thousands and thousands of years passed by and according to i don't know what law but according to the law of whatever in in science it eventually after thousands and thousands of years turns back into that apple and, and to me i don't know that was very uh it was it doesn't sound accurate you know <laughs> right? i feel like at one point if thousands and thousands of years have gone by shouldn't the box eventually start to decay or something exactly. like yeah, like, yeah. What, how was i don't know it was very uh it, to me it was like cheesy and like not accurate at all yeah but the guy explaining it sounded accurate you know he just sounded like he knew what he was talking about so it was just funny <laughs> i was thinking about that right now yeah um but uh yeah i mean one of the things that that I'm really interested in is, um, I guess, uh, like aliens and like, st- uh, other world, um, intelligence and stuff like that. 
because uh i mean there's like there's like the government right now that they're releasing you know we don't know if it's true at the end of the day like they might just be doing all this to you know try to trick us or whatever who knows right you don't you don't know the exact truth but from what i've seen like the the pilots and and people that have encountered these things you know it seems very very compelling and very very like they're very honest yeah right and so it just sparks those thoughts of like damn what if this is true you know what if uh there's things that we can't even we can't even keep track of with all this high-tech cameras and you know all the all these sort of things um uh and and what you were saying is like it's not necessarily getting better it's it's just evolution right it's it's um it's uh it or it's decaying right it, according to science right we're we're getting older we eventually die or whatever um there's some proof i guess or or like evidence that suggests that um you know people that like built the pyramids or whatever they were more intelligent than us um in different ways uh, obviously they didn't have access to laptops and i or we don't even know that you know they might they might have but then there's um but then it like it got to a certain point and then some like supernatural or not supernatural some uh natural event um uh like what is what is it called the cataclysmic or whatever event happened that completely wiped out that specific uh group mm-hmm. at the time right and and um uh there's evidence that that has happened a few times throughout human history right where it like they're advancing they're advancing and then something happens that completely wipes them out and then we start from zero again then they're advancing they're advancing happens all over again yeah uh do you i mean i i would now say that you don't really believe in that right yeah so <clears throat> I think that there are groups of people mm-hmm. that their their time comes to an end. So I mean, you have biblically speaking, you have you know different groups like the Babylonians, you have the Romans, um, the Assyrians, the the Persians, and you have all of these groups of people. And the Bible even says that they're going to exist and they're going to rule and reign over Israel specifically, mm-hmm. but only for a certain amount of time. And then God's going to restore Israel back. And so you do. That's you know you have these groups of people that their their kingdoms are very powerful, and then there is a fall. Yeah, because what goes up a, must come down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have you know these these um, new people in power that come mm-hmm. and take over. Um, so you see that, but the the cool thing is, uh, and, and so that that information is also outside of the Bible, right? So we have historical books that say that these groups of people existed and reigned. Um, so you've got what you know what's called secular um, historical documents that tell us this, but then it's also noted in the Bible. But there is one group that has remained since the beginning, mm. and that's Israel. And in the Bible, it says that that's God's chosen people. And, you know, God will punish them when they turn away, right? So you have uh, Israel existing, and then they are um, conquered by these nations. 
because they were disobedient to God. Mm-hmm. They were worshiping um, other gods, mm-hmm. false idols. And so God punished them by having these other groups of people conquer them. But the Bible also says that there's going to be punishment for those who conquer, you know, mm-hmm. and, and dominate over Israel. And so eventually they fall, right, and exist no more. And so, um, but but it's fascinating just because you've got this group of people that are conquered time and time again that still exist today. And if you've been paying attention to what's happening in the news, I yeah. mean, there's always conflict with them. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the Holocaust, right? You had Hitler that tried to wipe all of the Jews out. Mm-hmm. And yet, while unfortunately many of them died, right, they weren't wiped out. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. they still exist. Yeah. And, and now you've got conflict. Um, but the thing is, the Bible says that they are God's chosen people and mm-hmm. that he is going to restore them. Mm-hmm. So one group has existed since the beginning of time, mm-hmm. and that's Israel which is kind of fascinating. Yeah. I never thought about that. <clears throat> That's that is really fascinating. Um are are you familiar with uh, Kendrick Lamar? He he's a rapper. Yeah, I yeah. I know the name. Yeah, in uh some of his songs, he's he's one of my favorite rappers because uh when he makes rap music, he talks about real stuff, right? And he has a a very He's a very good storyteller. Um, and so in his music, apart from like the pop, like radio music, um, if you listen to his albums, he has a lot of um, stuff about God and mm-hmm. Jesus. And, uh, you know, along with Kanye, Kanye, he's got, uh, I mean, you know who Kanye is. Yeah. He's got a, a gospel album called Jesus is King. It's one of my favorite albums. Yeah. Every time I listen to that album, I just feel like some sort of like energy and holy crap. Like anytime I'm feeling like depressed or like just like I need some some sort of uh, direction or like I need something to like really uh, be there for me. And I, and I don't want to bother someone, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to go to my parents and tell them how I'm feeling or whatever. I, I start to listen to Kanye. I start to listen to specifically that album. Um, Kid Cudi, he's got some songs with Kanye where it's about God and about Jesus. And a lot of those songs, they talk about how, you know, God does things for a reason, right? He he isolates you to, so you can become a great man or, you know, he, he brings sadness so that way you can appreciate happiness or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, it's always for a reason. Um, but going back to Kendrick he's got at the end of one of his songs where he's got a uh, I don't know who it is exactly but he's talking about like the Israelites and how they are God's chosen people and and how um he he his speech talks about how like black people and um Hispanic and Latinos are a part of the Israelites that are also God's chosen people and I've always thought I've always like just listened to it and then I think about it for a little bit, but then I never go and like research and like get educated on what exactly he's talking about. Yeah. Um, but it, but it is interesting mm-hmm. that especially now that you're saying that it's, it's really interesting. 
<clears throat> yeah. So, at one point, you had said that sometimes you believe that there's a God, and other times you're not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of talk me through that a little bit? Like, when were those times that you felt like you believed in God? And then what happened? You know, what was the situation where you're kind of like, eh, I'm not so sure about this? Mm-hmm. Um. So I remember, let's start uh, in my childhood. I remember uh, going to church with my grandma all the time. And I, it was very early on that I knew that my dad, uh, I didn't know that my dad was atheist, but I knew that he didn't necessarily believe in Christianity how the rest of my family believed um, and my family, I would say that they were, uh, Christian and, and very, some of them are very in tune with it and, you know, they go to church all the time and stuff. And my grandma was a part of that. And when I was younger, I would go with her and, and with my aunts and stuff. And, uh, so I felt really connected. Um, but then I, but then my dad reminded me that I needed to, have an open mind right he was like don't just um uh he wasn't trying to like uh i guess like manipulate me or even tell me what to do he was just reminding me to be open-minded right yeah, yeah. because there's thousands of religions and i was like whoa what do you mean thousands <laughs> like and he i remember he brought out this book it was called uh religions of the world it's a huge book super thick and it had all these sorts of pictures and paragraphs and it taught you, gave you like a rundown of so many different religions. And I opened that book and I start reading and I start to realize that there's Buddhists and, and you know, there's, there's all these different religions or whatever. And so when I, at the same time, uh, I was feeling, I was in this weird state where I would I would say it was like some sort of depression because uh, there was a lot of things going on in Mexico where uh, with the cartels and all that type of stuff and all that stuff was getting uploaded to the internet yeah. and me being a, a boy I would go and look up all these videos and stuff and I would see people getting their heads chopped off see people getting tortured it was like on the internet like just readily available for me to just watch all that stuff so i started getting really bad nightmares and i started thinking about death a lot and it got to the point to where i was i was i got that was the first time i ever felt anxiety and i would wake up in the mornings and just start immediately crying i would wake up in the middle of the night crying yeah so it'd be hard for me to even go to sleep throughout the entire day all i could think about was just like what's gonna happen when i die and and it was scary because i didn't want to one day lose someone from my family because i never lost someone until three years ago and i lost my grandma Mm -hmm. um that was very close to me right um so i would wake up every single day and all i could think about was his death and i was so scared of dying 
so scared of like my family getting separated my parents it got to the point to where they wanted to take me to the hospital and um i remember my grandma took me to my aunt's house where my aunt and her husband are very uh uh religious and i think he's he's a uh uh priest or or something um and uh they they told me that I needed to get closer to God and stuff and I remember that saved me at that moment because I was I was like okay you know everything's gonna be okay mm-hmm. you know God has me He's got my back uh, if I put my faith into God when I die I'll get into heaven right so quickly things got better <clears throat> but I was still I was still really young and so. I think this happens uh, a lot where like people go through something and then they immediately turn to God and they're like, please, like, I know I haven't been the best. Yeah. I know I don't deserve it, but just please bless me with, you know, some quick, get me some, out of the situation. Get rich, yeah. you know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 A quick thousand dollars so I could feel better. Right. Um, and that has happened to me several times now throughout my life where, uh, I'll do some dumb, something dumb, some, some stupid, and, uh, I don't deserve any grace at all, and I just think to myself, and I guess I, it's like a, I guess it would be called praying, um, and I just ask God for forgiveness and for, um, for a way out right yeah. and and i always i always promise that like i'm gonna <laughs> um put my entire faith right and you know it's it's very uh like you don't appreciate something until it's taken away from you right um so i've had to experience these things because of my own stupidity because of my own wrongdoings to where then I, I, I look to God and, um, it seems like he's like, God's always saving me. (laughs) And then I try to remind myself of, of what a blessing, you know, I, I just received and how I, I feel like I don't deserve it. Um, and for some reason, something saved me right right and uh i think one of my struggles i think my biggest struggle actually is just uh like feeling like i don't deserve a lot of these things um i think i think about (laughs) almost every day i think about just the fact that i don't like even deserve to be here or at least I feel that way. Um, I feel like I've ruined relationships in the past because of my own stupidity, and I'm like, man, I didn't deserve, I didn't deserve that, right? Um, I've always had to learn to appreciate things once they've been taken away. And uh, the good thing right now is that I'm realizing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to make everything count now, 
you yeah. know. Um, I have a really good friend. Um, he's a professional motorcycle racer. And uh, one night we were we were talking, and uh, he told me that he was um, he was kind of the same way where he didn't really appreciate things until his dad passed away. When his dad passed away, he made a commitment to never take anyone for granted again, right? And uh, I think my grandma passing away has definitely made me realize that as well, that I can't take people for granted, right? I have to, I've been trying and working really hard on on just like leading with love and like like living with love, right? Because... I mean, even right now, I can drive home and everything would just be taken away from me, right? Absolutely. Um, and uh, I think it's uh, <laughs> it's just difficult for me to uh, see it in the present moment. And then I'll just stray away from it real quick. And then before I know it, I've I've lost whatever whatever's in my hands and then and then I I'm like damn I should have appreciated that right um and I mean even like sitting here right now talking about this it's just like I feel like I don't deserve to be here I feel I feel a lot of shame within myself and uh I think it's it's really hard to live that way because um it's really hard to like even like look at my parents in the eyes because I know that they're proud of me even even though they know that I've done you know stupid things and I've could have been better and I could have finished college or whatever um so like I live I live with that shame and I live with the shame of like ruining relationships with with these girls and uh, ruining friendships with guys and people around me, ruining friendships with with those people, and just like doing dumb dumb things. Like I, I carry so much weight with myself that like it's I've brought it upon myself, you know. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of times when I'm alone, uh, I just try to. thank you know god for i'm like i'm like for whatever your plan is like it, it it must mean something you know like i must be here for a reason there has to be a reason yeah why i'm here and and i'm i really need to figure that out before it's too late you know before he's like like in that movie uh pursuit of happiness with will yeah. smith where where at the very end Jaden he's he says a joke he's like He's like, there was a guy that was drowning in the ocean, and a boat comes by. He's like, hey, uh, we'll save you or whatever. And the guy's like, no, thanks. God will save me. And another boat comes by. They're trying to save him. He's like, no, thanks. God will save me. And a third boat comes by, tries to save him. And he's like, no, thanks. God will save me. And then he dies, and he gets in front of God. And he's like, God, I, why didn't you save me? And he goes, I did, you big dummy. I sent you three boats. <laughs> so I'm always thinking, like one day he's not going to send another fucking boat, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I know this about myself and 
I don't know. Like, I don't know how to explain it. So I think it's, well, first of all, you're, you're not alone in that, right? We're people, we're humans, we're messy. We mess up all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, your mess ups aren't all behind you. <laughs> there, there's still plenty of mess ups that you're going to make yeah. in life. Um, but the guilt and the shame, uh, I mean, that's, that's normal if you have a conscience, right? Um, there are people that, that don't, and, and I guess you can consider them kind of messed up people, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's perfectly normal. And one thing that you've got to learn is that you've got to learn to forgive yourself, right? Um, you know? specifically with the relationships that you've messed up in the past. Uh, it happens. I mean, we've all, we've all messed up relationships. Uh, but you take something from that. You take what you've learned from it, and you grow. I mean, that's, that's how we become better people, right? Mm-hmm. You make dumb mistakes when you're younger. Uh, for example, you're probably not going to cheat anymore on test, right? <laughs> so, well, no. <laughs> but, but the thing, yeah, so, so yes, you, you've made some dumb decisions. We all have. Um, yes, you feel guilty and, and ashamed about some of them. We all do. But you've got to say, okay, I'm not going to let that define me, and I'm not going to let it um, run my life, and I'm going to... I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to grow from it. And I'm going to be a better be- a person because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you continue to make the same mistakes, then then that's a cause for concern. But you've already said that you're trying to lead with love. And I love how you said that. I love that phrase. Um, I think where you are right now at the age of 26, man, you're, you're further ahead probably than most people with your outlook on things and and saying, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna continue to live like that. Um, I think you're a deep thinker, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and it, and especially, and you know, from my perspective of my belief and faith, uh, and there there are gonna be people that don't agree with me, but I I think that you do have purpose, and that God created you for a very specific reason. And the number one reason, um, in my belief, that we're created is for fellowship with God, right? Um, that that deep intimate relationship with God, um, and and you said that you don't feel like you deserve to be here or to be saved from whatever it was that you you thought and prayed about. Well, the reality is n- none of us deserve it, right? So, my thoughts, my belief is, you know, we all sin, right? Adam and Eve sinned first, and as a result, we're we're kind of cursed because of it. And some people might be tempted to say, well, you know what? I wouldn't have done that. Well, you're a liar <laughs> because yeah. we all would have. Just think about, you know, the, the, the smallest little things that we've done. I mean, if, if, somebody, if, if somebody were to, and I've heard this from somewhere, but to project our thoughts on a screen for everybody to see, we would just crumble and melt right there, right? <laughs> yeah. So the reality is none of us deserve it, but that's the beauty of it. God's love for us is so great that even though we don't deserve it, mm-hmm. he provided a way, right? Mm-hmm. In Christianity, our thoughts and beliefs are because we have sinned, we've fallen short of the glory of God. And because of that, 
we deserve uh, a penalty. We deserve punishment, right? So another way to look at this, and again, this is something that I've heard uh, a pastor say, that if you were to go into a, a court where there is a judge um, getting ready to sentence somebody who murdered somebody that you love and care about, right? And the judge says, you know what? Nah, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm loving, I'm kind. Therefore, I'm going to say, I'm going to pardon you. I'm just going to let you go. You would, you would not feel that that's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when it comes to our faith, my faith, our faith in God, um, God is saying just that, Hey, look, I'm going to pardon you from what it is that I should punish you. Well, how can he do that? Well, because somebody came and took that punishment for us. That'd be like somebody going and saying to that judge, Hey, I know that this guy committed the crime, but I'm going to take the consequence. I'm going to, I'm going to suffer those consequences. Punish me instead. And that's what Jesus did for us, right? He says, I will take that punishment. And so we are pardoned. So what's, what's the caveat? Well, we have to put our faith in that, right? That, um, yes, I know that I am guilty before this all-powerful, holy God that is pure, right? Um, I, I don't deserve it. There's nothing that I can do. There's no amount of certain living. There's no amount of um, gift-giving or kindness or love that I can show to another person that would say, okay, now I've earned it. God gave his son in our place as a substitute. He was seen as guilty and his righteousness was given to us. So we're, we're pardoned. We're seen as not guilty. Um, but we don't deserve it is, is my point in all of that. So, um, but the thing is we can change our, our perception on that. And instead of saying, Oh, why I don't deserve it and, and feel guilt and shame and, and bad about it. We can, have pure joy in our lives because yes we don't deserve it but it's there anyways because of God's great love for us so that's just another perspective on it Mm -hmm. I think I struggle with uh, believing in that because because I'm like what about the people that live their entire life up to 50, 60 years old, just doing horrible things. And then they realize that they're 60, and then they turn to God, and they're like, please forgive me. And then from 60 to 80, they are very, are really good Christians. You know, like, for 60 years, you were messing people up, messing up relationships, you know, doing all these horrible things, committing all these crimes, treating people horribly, but then you can still get into heaven because at least for the last 10 years, you turned your faith onto me. Yeah. So, and that's tough, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to emphasize again, like it's, it's not about them turning their faith to them and then living a good life. It's about them turning their faith to him. 
because again there's no amount of good living there is no good living um we're flawed right so our best living is and the bible says it's as filthy rags in his eyes um because he is such a pure and holy being right that even the smallest little tiniest lie is a great sin against a perfect and holy god right i mean like you right now you're drinking whiskey isn't that a sin? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, so, in the Bible, it talks about people drinking wine and things like that. Oh, okay. Um, I thought the like, Bible says, "Do not become drunk on wine." Oh, okay. Um, it, and honestly, alcohol is a big topic mm-hmm. in religion in Christianity. Uh, there are those that say you can't have even an ounce yeah to drink um and and i would say you know if you're convicted by that then don't drink mm-hmm. um i drink freely because i'm not getting drunk on it uh i do it as a social activity you mm-hmm. and i are sitting here now i'm sipping on it um if I were in a situation, and, and the Apostle Paul even says this, he, he's, he's free to do what he wants, but there are some things that he doesn't do because it could cause another brother to stumble. So, for example, there was a guy um, that I, I, I know who struggled with alcohol, mm-hmm. and there would be times that I would drink around him, but then I realized, you know, this is something that causes an issue in his life. Yeah. So while... I could probably do it. Uh, I, I I stopped because I didn't want that to become a problem with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and so the thing is, it's like, okay, well, is alcohol? Should you not have it at all? Uh, should you only have a little bit? Um, there are all kinds of things that people will sit there and point out and say, well, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Well, to them, I say again. My good works, there are no good works, right? So I can I can throw all of this out, but it's it's still not going to be good enough for me to say, hey, I threw all of that out, therefore I have earned my spot in heaven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I see. But but yeah, I, that's definitely one of those things where, <laughs> where people make a case. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, I was telling you about Burna Boy. Mm-hmm. I want to go see him. He's got this... Uh, this line in one of his songs that I absolutely love. He says, uh, this, the title of the song is I told them, uh, cause he talks about like, he told everyone that he was going to make it right. He told everyone he was going to rule the world. Um, and nobody believed him. Right. And so he's talking about that. And then he says, um, I knew I was a born winner, humble because I'm a born sinner. <laughs> and, uh, that's kind of how I feel like, you know, along with, with all this baggage that I carry every day where I have all this guilt and shame and, and some sort of depression back there where, you know, there's anxiety and stuff where I'm, it makes it really tough a lot of the days, um, to even just get through that day. I, I still feel like I do have a purpose and I still feel like one day I'm going to get there, you know? 
um, I, I know I'll get there. I, I know for a fact that one day I'm going to think back to all of these feelings and, and realize how, like, I wasted a lot of energy that I could have channeled into uh, showing more love, showing more compassion, being happier with myself. Um, because a lot of that energy I'm channeling in, into the shame and the guilt, you know. If you don't mind me asking, like, mm-hmm. I know that you do the whole biking thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess really what, what got you into that? Have uh, you always been into that? or? I was always into biking um, and, like, BMX-style biking, like doing jumps and doing tricks and stuff. But I never had a proper BMX or a proper uh, mountain bike. It was always a Walmart one. And uh, those were obviously really crappy bikes. And so I would always break them and, and, you know, they would get messed up or whatever. And then my parents would get tired of buying me a new one. Um, But at the same time, I was also really focused on soccer and baseball and track. So I couldn't do everything, even though I wanted to do everything. Um, So as I got older... I think when I was, uh, how old was I? I must have been like 18 or 19. Um, I I bought a real BMX. And, uh, you know, I've always loved the feeling of just being on a bike. So when I got that one, I immediately got into, like, building it and, and uh, customizing it and just, like, swapping out parts and all that type of stuff. And, like, I could afford it now. And so... Um, so I got really into that with with a buddy of mine here in, in Houston, and we started doing these uh, huge social rides in downtown, uh, like Critical Mass. It's uh it's the last ride of every month. There's like two thousand, three thousand bikes bikers out there, um, and it's basically like to bring awareness to bikes right out on the roads. Um, but this was before COVID, and it was insane. Like there was a uh, police escorts, you know, and yeah. it was huge. Uh, like if you were in downtown one of those nights and you were in your car, you were at a light for, I don't know, I'm assuming like 45 minutes yeah. because we would shut everything down. Right. So I, I loved it. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and, uh, and then I moved to Austin. Um, and, uh, in, in Austin, I, uh, I started looking for a group to ride with that was the same. Uh, but I continued riding my BMX by myself and stuff. Um, and uh, I met this one group uh, called uh, Social Cycling Austin. And uh, it was kind of the same, but, but Austin's uh, smaller. And and the cycling community is very, uh, they're very clicky. So it's not, you don't get the 3,000 bikes, right, that you would get here in Houston. Um, So we would go, it'd still be, you know, like 400 people, I would say, 400 bikes. Um, And in a smaller city, obviously, it it felt similar, very similar. Um, So I was doing that for a while. I started meeting people, and um, I met this one guy, his name's Jay, uh, he uh he got me into uh into working at Austin Bike Farm um which is a, a bike shop um oh before that actually i had i remember i was on youtube and 
I was uh, just like looking at bike videos and stuff, and I saw this guy from New York. He goes by D Blocks. Uh, they did like a little um, amateur documentary on him or whatever, and uh, he does these uh, he does the wheelies and stuff, and uh, he he's he's the king of it. Like he's you know everybody knows who D Blocks is, and. So I was really, I was so interested, and I was, I was showing my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, "Man, look, this is what I want to do. Like, this is, this is freaking cool." Mm-hmm. So I fell in love all over again with the whole thing, and I immediately put it in my head, like, "I'm gonna get a bike just like that, and I'm gonna learn how to do wheelies just like that, and I'm gonna be the one around this, the this Austin just doing, you know, I want to become the best at this, just exactly how he is in New York." And I shit you not. Like four days later, I'm at the skate park on a super cold night, and I'm just messing around on my BMX, and out of nowhere, I see D Blocks pulling up. Are you serious? Yeah, all the way and, from New York. <laughs> yeah, That's and awesome. I I see him. I remember I see him, and I and I look at my girlfriend. And I'm like, <laughs> and I run up to her. I'm like, this is D Blocks, the guy that we just saw. Like freaking four days ago she was like really like that is that is him and i'm like no that that's him that's literally him like what the hell and he was by himself and um he pulls up right next to me and he's just like looking or whatever and i'm like dude aren't you d blocks and he's like yeah yeah i'm d blocks and he's like let me see your bike and he gets my bike and he starts doing tricks on it and stuff and i'm just like sitting there like what the hell like <laughs> what is going on and uh out of nowhere i see a whole bunch of bikes it must have been like 150 bikes or whatever they were doing a huge uh like social ride for d blocks because they found out that he was coming and bike farm ended up throwing a party that night for him and they did like a whole ride or whatever so I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? And he's and he's like, oh, I'm just riding around the city or whatever uh, with these guys. And that's when I met Jay. And I'm like, uh, I, I didn't even say anything to him. He just told me. He was like, follow us. And we were in my girlfriend's car. And I was like, I'm going to go ride with them. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. She was always so supportive. Yeah, yeah. And so she was like, yeah, yeah, go. And then I take off. And then I'm like, wait no i can't i can't like i just i think i was like too tired or something and um i run over there and i'm like hey where's where's where are you guys going and jay was like austin bike farm we're having a party come on and they all left and so i throw my bike on the rack and i'm like let's go let's go so we drive over there i didn't even know what the hell austin bike farm was and uh googled it and we got there and stuff and then i walk in there's all these weirdos you know having fun and and it was just a huge party and i met this one guy, his name was um, uh, Carly, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, hey, what's up, man? My name's Carly, and, uh, you know, we're just throwing a, a party for, for D-Blocks, you know, just, just come out and get, get something to eat or whatever. I think they had food there and drinks there. So I get there, and then, like, I wasn't, I didn't know anybody, so I wasn't really, like, feeling it. So I'm like, nah, I don't belong here, so I left. And um, very next day, it's Sunday. I think it was, I think it was Sunday. Uh, or no, it was uh, it was Saturday. No, no, it was it was on a Sunday night because I was uh, I was cooking some food, and I was about to do my homework, uh, for Monday, and then uh, 
I see D Blocks is live on Instagram, and uh, I click on it. And at the time, I was living with my girlfriend uh, right next to the UT campus on one of the main streets called the uh, Guadalupe Street. <clears throat> and uh, I see D Blocks online, and I recognize the background. He's on his bike. He's like, "What's up, y'all?" He's like, "I'm in Austin, Texas, or whatever." And I see the background. It's on Guadalupe Street, and I'm, I'm like, "Oh crap!" He's right down the street. <laughs> so I, see, I see him getting closer and closer to my apartment. So I go to my window and I look out, and I could see him over there on his phone, uh, like out on the sidewalk. And then I see him stop in real life. And then like three seconds later, he's like, "Hey, look, that's where I bought the Game Boy yesterday." And uh, right under our apartments, there was a, um, a video game store. So he puts his phone away, puts it in his pocket, and the live ends. And I'm just looking at him, and he crosses the street and goes right under my apartment. And so I'm like, oh, crap. So I turn off the, the stove. I run down there, and I open the door, and he sees me. He's like, oh, what's up, man? And, and he's like, where's your bike? And I'm like, dude, I live up here. Like, my bike's upstairs. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, I was just watching you on live, and I live right here. Like, that I had to come down and say awesome. what's up. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your bike. Let's go ride. So I immediately I run upstairs, grab my bike real quick, and uh, my homework was right there. The food was still on the stove. <laughs> and uh, I call my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, I left the food there. D-Blocks, I told her everything. I'm like, D-Blocks told me to go ride with him, so I have to go ride with him. And she's like, yeah, go for it. So uh, I start riding with D-Blocks, and he's like, record me. And so so I start recording him, and I, he just starts hitting these insane wheelies through traffic. He's like running on the bus on the side, like with his legs up, running on the bus. And he's like um, standing on his uh, pegs with like one hand he's like ah screaming and stuff and i'm just like what in the hell is going on <laughs> and i'm recording him and then we we get to um we get to where he was going which is with a different group uh called Captex cruisers and uh i show up <clears throat> this group they only ride single speed bikes that are bmx or cruiser style bikes that are uh, 24, 26, or 29 inch. Um, and those are the only bikes allowed. And uh, so I show up and I'm on my 20 inch BMX because it's a freestyle BMX. And um, the guys all there thought that I was D Blocks' friend because <laughs> we showed up together. And so everybody's like, oh, this is D Blocks. He's coming from New York or whatever. And uh, there, there was maybe like, I don't know, like 15 guys there. And. Um, and so they start riding. They come up to me. They're like, what's your name? I'm like, oh, Jose or whatever. He's he's like, yeah, we we usually don't let these types of bikes ride with us. But since you're D-Block's friend, you know, we're going to let you ride. And I'm like, oh, thanks. And, you know, I just kind of played along. So I'm riding with him. And before I know it, it's like 8 or 9 p.m. And I'm like, oh, shit, I need to do homework. <laughs> <laughs> and so I take off without telling anybody. And I go home, do homework and stuff. And then a, a couple of days later, I... I realized that uh, Captex Cruisers, I ride with them now, and that's where I met, you know, a lot of the guys that I hang out with every day and that ride with me. And um, the leader, his name is uh, Willie, and uh, he's – he's um, <laughs> everybody has different opinions about this guy. Yeah. He's always been cool to me except for a few times, you know. So we, like, kind of go back and forth with that. But, you know, I respect him. I respect everything that he does. 
it's his crew, his rules, you know, and like some people just don't get it. They're like, why does he not allow, you know, and I'm like, well, it's his crew, you know, <laughs> like he can do whatever he wants with his crew, right? It's the same exact way that I do whatever I want with my crew, which is you can do whatever you want here, <laughs> right? <laughs> could ride anything that you want. Yeah. So um, I ended up um, riding with these guys for a while. And um, there's another guy who's one of my best friends now. He his name is uh Freddie. Uh me and Freddie were the one of the younger ones. I mean, I was definitely the youngest by far. Um but he was he's also young and uh he's got that young mentality of where he just wants to have fun, right? And he doesn't want to take it too serious. So he comes up to me, he's like, Hey, uh, what do you think about starting our, our own crew? And I'm like, Bro, I've been thinking about that since I moved here. Like I want to start something you know and he's like yeah yeah he's like i i think i came up with a cool name uh 512 wheelie crew and i'm like bro that is so dope like 512 wheelie crew let's let's do this yeah yeah and he's like yeah yeah let's do it he's like let's just start posting on instagram and you know let's see let's see what what happens and so we started doing that you know started posting and we ended up attracting a lot of people and it's just <laughs> that that's that was the uh the very beginning and it's just you know now i'm thinking back on it and it's freaking amazing like how everything just kind of fell into place and now like these people have become literally a family to me oh absolutely like fred has been there for me since day one um you know a lot of these guys have been there since day one and and i can't even thank them enough you know uh there's been several times where i've thought about moving back over here and like I told you last time I was in, in my head, I, I need, I need that adversity so that way I can grow as a person. Right. Because without that adversity, you don't grow as much without the struggle, you know, like I'm learning to see the beauty in the struggle. Right. Yeah. Um, because without the struggle, then it's, it's not the same. Right. Um, if I just, said okay i'm just gonna go back and and play it safe and live with my parents like no i'm i'm gonna put my head down and and do what i need to do to get out of this and you know um you know these guys have been there for me and and i and i think about all these guys and i think about some of these women that that ride with us and and my friends that are that are all there that have turned into a family and like i i want to be there with them and and they're a part of the reason why I'm still there. Yeah. Um, and so I just, like, I can't thank these people enough. <laughs> you know, I freaking love these people. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much the story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's that's really amazing. Now, I know that you have done some stuff with, like, raising money to buy bikes. <laughs> right? Is, yeah. Yeah. You, Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, how did that all come about? And is that something that you still continue to do? Yeah, it's been it's been really tough for us to to do stuff uh, this past year. And like I want to say, like, for like a year and a half now, we haven't really done anything because uh, Fred, uh, you know, he got a new house. Um, he had to get surgery on his knee. Um, you know, he, he had a. Uh, he he had like his own things that he was dealing with at the same time I had my things like I've moved you know like four times three times now four or three times now um, 
I've uh, lost my job. Uh, I had to move jobs twice. Um, uh, just like relationships with girls um, and, and a few other things that I've been dealing with as well. So like the money on on our side hasn't been there. Um, I don't think that's like an issue necessarily because I know that if we reach out to a lot of people, we could, you know, raise money. But I think it's I think that like pride kind of I mean, it definitely affects me. And I, and I think that for Fred, it's the same where like we don't feel like we're at 100 percent or like near 100 percent. So we we kind of just feel like like we shouldn't really do it right. Like right now isn't the time. Because uh, we've definitely spent a lot of money, especially Fred. He's spent a lot of money, like flying people out from like Miami, from New York, from um, uh, Detroit, um, and just like putting on events. You know, he's he spent a lot of money doing that. But we've also had help with uh, you know bu- with Bike Farm, uh, this other shop called Clown Dog, um, with uh, one of our sponsors, uh, Pure Coco. You know, all these people have definitely helped out a lot when it comes to to these events, um, especially when it's stuff for like kids. Uh, like I love doing stuff for kids. Like kids are like my favorite thing in the world. Um, and so, uh, a couple years ago, <clears throat> I'm gonna let this this plane go by. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's the first uh, sip that I have without the ice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For with ice or without? Without. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's mellow enough that I think. <clears throat> yeah. That the ice is not gonna dilute it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, and it still has that bold like whiskey. Yeah. Feeling like I just feel like a man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, a couple years ago we had a bunch of kids that would come and ride with us, uh, and I freaking loved every single one of them, like. I would look forward to riding with them more than anything throughout yeah. the week. You yeah. know, I just like it was Wednesday night or it was Wednesday and that's like what got me through work. Just the fact that I was about to go ride with these kids that were not only uh looking up to me in a way, you know, I don't really think that they saw me as like their biggest role model or whatever, but I knew that in a way they looked up to me. So I was there for for that. And I was, like, trying to connect with them as, like, also a younger person. Um, but at the same time, like, they, they would push me as a rider because these kids, with just a few months, they got insane skills. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, this is, like, the trajectory was, like, almost, like, straight up and down. Meanwhile, <laughs> me, it's more like this and then right. down and then, right? And so um, so they pushed me as, as a rider, you know, uh, like all the time like every single day it seemed like they were learning new tricks and me it's like every month i would learn a new trick right um so so i really enjoyed that and um i mean there's a few of them that still like on instagram stuff they'll hit me up like hey i hope everything's good and you know they're all doing like football now and or whatever and so i know bikes isn't the most important thing to them right now <laughs> like girls and stuff you know they're getting into those relationships and all that type of stuff so um but but yeah like i i really enjoyed riding with these kids and so uh there's another guy his name is angel 
he does these um these uh on Chris, like we just did it when was it last weekend it was a toy drive so we do a bike ride well he does a bike ride we all come together and bring uh unopened toys and then um he gives you a raffle ticket for every toy that you bring and then gives away uh two bikes um for that raffle but then all the toys that he's collected he takes them to a uh, a school where the the middle school kids they can pick out gifts to give to their younger siblings for oh, christmas that's awesome. yeah so like every year he's like breaking the record right like every year it gets bigger and bigger and so uh he definitely inspired me to uh to do stuff for kids um so like one day clown dog the owner of clown dog his name is john he hits me up he's like hey dude we should do like a a huge party where where we build bikes and we kind of teach the kids how to build a bike or whatever and then uh, we give these bikes away to kids i was like dude i'm fucking down (laughs) like like let's do it yeah and so uh that was really fun um and then we had uh what else did we do uh, well, we've I've helped out Angel uh, like last year or the year before. I, I told him that I wanted to be like more hands on or whatever. I kind of helped him out with, um, uh, or it was last year. Uh, one of my buddies that I was playing soccer with, he's the um, the media director. Uh, like, well, I don't know if he's a media director, but he does all the media for. Have you seen the Gel Blasters? Mm-hmm. The guns, mm-hmm. yeah. He that company is in Austin, and he does all the media for them. Really, and so yeah, and so um, he's super cool, dude. And uh, I t- I told him I was like, hey, dude, we're doing this uh, toy drive. My buddy's doing a toy drive. Like, I'm wondering if you guys could like donate a bunch of guns or whatever. Man, they donated like I don't know. It was like forty guns or something like that. that is Those awesome. guns are expensive. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. My my son got one and. Man, I had so much fun playing with it. I, I yeah. bought one too. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll come you, out here and run around and shoot one another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Those things are awesome. And so, um, you know, I reached out to them, and they were like, "Yeah, you, you don't have to do anything. You know, we just we're doing it for the kids, right?" So we just uh, made like a little video and tagged them in it and stuff. They didn't they didn't even repost it because they didn't even care, you know, yeah, about. Yeah. Or I I think they did repost it, but. They didn't, like, make a huge deal about it or anything because it's, like, about the kids, right? It's not yeah. about – that's that's the most important thing. That is awesome. <laughs> so um, so I've, I've been in my own head. I've been thinking of, like – because we've kind of also – we haven't done any events because it takes – you know, it takes money to, like, put even, like, just a little basic event or whatever. And, like, people hit me up all the time, like, oh, when's the next big event or when's the next cookout or whatever? And I'm like, well – I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to eat tonight. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, so I, I know Fred, he's, uh, he's got his things that he's deal. He's has, has had to deal with. And so I don't want to like put all that pressure on him, you know, to spend his hard earned money on it. And, and then me just kind of lay back. So I've been trying to get my finances a little bit more on check. So that way I'm able to, to put more of a, 50 50 with fred um but at the same time you know it's it's not difficult raising money it's just that like i guess it's like me just like feeling that shame or whatever where i'm like well i'm not in a good spot right now so why am i gonna go and ask for money right for from companies or shops or whatever yeah 
Yeah. I'm not gonna. We've talked about this before, but <clears throat> like, I just wish, and I know that there's got to be a way where you, know, you can turn this into a full time gig. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like a nonprofit of some sort, or you know, I just I think that you would really thrive in that environment. You know, mm-hmm. and because I'm hearing you say all of this stuff and you're you're 26 years old. I mean, you might reflect and say I I haven't done much. But I hope as you're telling these stories right now, you're realizing and seeing that you've already had a huge impact and you've done quite a bit. Yeah. That's a big part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast. I think at the same time that it's helping my like my mental health and just like feeling better about myself because of all that that I'm carrying every day I can also like network and build better relationships with people and I'm hoping that this like you know eventually I have a super nice setup I have a studio where I'm like doing this as like full time maybe you know Um, but at the same time I'm like enjoying where my career is going right now um, and, and so I'm just kind of like, I guess, letting things f- flourish by themselves, yeah, right? Like yeah. wherever I'm going to go is wherever I'm supposed to go, right? Like I'm not going to like force anything. I'm not going to try to manipulate anything. Like I'm just going to let things play out how they're supposed to play out, Yeah, you know? Um, but I do want to put a lot of energy into like the podcast and, and a lot more energy into the crew, just like doing things for the community. Um, I think a lot of people, I think most people that go and ride with us would be more than happy to do a lot of these things with me as well. Like I'm always thinking of ideas, you know, to as like rides or whatever, like benefit rides and stuff like that. And, I know I have a really solid group around me yeah. that would definitely yeah. be willing to to put in their time and effort to for for a greater cause, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> What's next? As far as um, me right now, or like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got a you've got a new job, um, which seems to be going well. Like, you've got this going, um, which is new. Uh, you seem to be one of those who are you know you're highly motivated. And you're always, you seem to be like, okay, here we go. Let's, let's keep rolling. I mean, do you have, while yes, you're, you're putting time and energy and effort into this, like what's next? I don't know. (laughs) I think, uh, I think what's next is, um, 
taking care of myself and giving myself more love and getting in tune with the person that I want to become. Um, I got out of a relationship um, a couple months ago, a few months ago, and, uh, you know, I was very conflicted whether I wanted to, like, try to make it work again or, um, or like, focus on myself, right? But uh, what I've realized is that, like, I've, I keep wanting to, like, give people or give a woman my love or, or, you know, time or energy, but I've never, ever since I turned, you know, 18 or 19, I've, I've never, uh, given that love to myself <laughs> and I've never like focused on myself a hundred percent. It's always been with someone else. And, um, I think a part of the reason why I failed in those relationships is because I wasn't the person that I want to be <clears throat> or that I see myself as. Yeah. So like, if I'm not feeling that way about myself, then what am I doing trying to be a provider for someone or like even be a man next to another woman and being like a solid man. Right. <clears throat> um, so I think that, uh, like, I have a few goals set in place for 24. Um, and uh, I think I think that for, like, especially for, I'm, I'm using this uh, New Year's as, like, a, uh, just, like, a little marker, right? Like, I've never done, I've never really done, like, New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. But this year I'm definitely doing it, and those res those resolutions are about me, and uh, just like becoming the that person that I want to be, right? Um, th- when I realized after this past relationship, when I realized that I was gonna do this, it's, it it was crazy because I remember I was about to uh. I was about to play the the PlayStation and uh I went on TikTok. I opened it up and the first video was was this this kid talking about um it's crazy cuz his location said Humble, Texas, which is like right down the street, right? Yeah. And um he's uh like a 26-year-old, same age as me, and he's talking about first video to pop up. He says the reason why God isolates a man is so that man can become great. And I have the video saved, um, and I look at that video every single day. And, you know, like, if if God is trying to teach you patience, he's not just going to give you patience. He's going to put someone in place to annoy you so you learn so, that, so you patience. Learn that yeah. patience, right? And I've realized that I've never been isolated by myself, which is another reason why I 
chose to stay in Austin to chose and I chose to like deal with these problems that I have these financial problems and to to like figure it out right <clears throat> because I realized that I need that isolation in order to become what I'm supposed to become I I really need to learn how to give myself way more love I need to learn how to take off some of this weight that I carry every single day. And uh, my mentor, uh, Richard, he's been helping me a lot with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you right now, you're helping me a lot with that. You know, I have, I have like three or four different mentors that are helping me all the time with those, with those things. Um, I recently started a, uh, you know, David Goggins, right? He's like super hardcore and everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was on a podcast with Joe Rogan where he's talking about um, he he came up with this thing called the accountability mirror. So his mirror in his restroom, you know, you look at it every single morning, every single night. He wrote accountability mirror and then he wrote like specific goals for the day, specific goals for the week or whatever. And and he would make sure that he's doing those things every morning, every day and every night. Right. And so I started doing that. So you go to my go to my restroom right now. <laughs> you see right there it says accountability mirror. I have my goals. I have shit that I need to do every day. Yeah. Like I want to hold myself accountable. And and I even started journaling. Like I've never ever journaled. And I started journaling. And um I started reading these books uh I forgot his name. I think it's like Don Miguel or something. Um it's the uh I know you've heard of them the uh oh, what are they It's like the 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 four or I don't know if it's four but like the steps of uh to living like a more peaceful life I forgot the the title of the book Yeah I know what you're talking about It's um it's about like Toltec wisdom yeah i can you even know. picture the cover it's got like the four squares with like yeah, yeah. something yeah yeah, yeah with like a flower yep. um yeah yeah the the four agreements or something yes. like that it's called yeah and uh i bought the set where it's got the three it's got like the uh learning how to live a more peaceful life and then learning uh about relationships or whatever and then learning how to like love yourself i started reading that and i started journaling after every chapter i started journaling um at when I come back from work, just like stuff that I've been thinking about and all that, and and when I started seeing a therapist for the very first time, she actually had me journaling, but I've, but but she was like telling me what to write, <clears throat> and so I was just kind of like taking notes on like things that she would tell me to pay attention to throughout the day, but like now I've started journaling by myself, which I've never done that, and like I noticed that like that's one of the things that I'm doing by myself is like paying attention to the things that I'm thinking about all the time and trying to change those constant thoughts of like shame and regret and, and, uh, um, guilt, you know, I'm, I'm trying to change those into like more positive. to like, just trying to be happier with myself, just trying to like look at all the good things that I've done rather than the bad negative things or whatever. Um, so I'm like a work in progress right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, you're you're always going to be a work in progress. <clears throat> yeah, until yeah. the day you die. Yeah, when right. when you feel like you're you're done progressing, then then that's when it's like uh, you should be a little worried. But yeah, yeah, 
but I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that's why I look up to you guys a lot, you know, all all of my mentors. And I just think back to, like, all of our conversations, and I think back, I I think about how you guys live. You know, I want to become great men like (laughs) y'all, or or a great man like y'all. Yeah, Yeah. so I think that that's... Honestly, I, I think you are are leaps and bounds from where I was when I was your age. Really? As far as like reflecting and and trying to become a better man. You know, just, just thinking about all of those things. Um I don't think that that has really hit me until my mid thirties. Um, I wish there was something I was reading the other day. It was like, you know, questions to reflect on is like, what, what advice would you give yourself mm-hmm. in your early twenties or whatever? And it would, it would literally be, you know, kind of like what we're doing right now. Um, I honestly don't feel like I've ever had a mentor in my life. I mean, I I attribute a lot of things in my life to my grandfather, who's by far the biggest influence on my life. Um, but, like, while my dad was around, he wasn't really what I would consider present in my life. Mm. And to this day, I mean, our phone calls are, you know, few and far between. Um and when I when I got here, like I said, I I didn't know anybody. Um, never been to Houston before in my life until the day I arrived, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I've never really had that mentor in my life. I feel like I've missed out on that. So that's one of the things that I've you know strived to be in the capacity as a teacher. Like I, I you know I want to work with like the new teachers and and things like that. And so my buddy who was my student teacher, um, you know, I really wanted to try and impart things into them, into him, uh, impart wisdom, you know, to my own kids. Um, but I honestly think that that's like one of the greatest joys in life is to be able to share wisdom and, and, yeah. and teach and, and have a positive impact in the lives of others. So, yeah. um, that's really cool that you have, mentors in your life that you're looking to and uh i wish that's something that i would have sought out earlier Mm. in life yeah i think that's what makes you a great mentor you know it's just the fact that you didn't you never had a mentor yeah 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 trying to yeah i i often think about like and just even with with teaching uh because I'm the mentor coordinator on campus, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in charge of all of the new teachers. Um, but just thinking about, okay, when I first started, what, what did I miss out on? Mm-hmm. What was it that I was not provided? Um, I even do the same with my kids. Uh, I just think about, like, you know, what was it that I didn't have when I was younger, growing yeah. up, yeah. that I want to make sure that my kids have Mm -hmm. and and honestly i think that's 
like my greatest motivation in life is I reflect on just my own life and it's like okay what did I not have what is it that I want and how can I give that to one my kids and two to others around me Mm -hmm. anybody who will listen you know so yeah yeah. I think that's the case for a lot of like men right they like start their that second life when they have children Mm -hmm. it's like whoa (laughs) yeah you know um and like i don't have children obviously but like i want i i think about it a lot where i'm like if i had if i did have a kid if i did have a son and like how would he feel if if i told him oh well you know when i was struggling i just quit i gave up yep then what would he think right and so that's a part of the reason why I'm like how I am right now because like I want to be able to if I ever do have a kid to be like dude I've been through hell and I got out of it and yeah you can too dude like <laughs> you know but I don't think I'm ready for kids <laughs> <laughs> right yeah that is that is definitely one of those things where it's like if, if you're not there yet don't let the pressures of society or, yeah. or parents yeah uh put that upon you that is definitely one thing where yeah one i don't think you're ever gonna come to a point in life where you're like i'm ready. yes i'm ready yeah uh for me it was okay am i financially stable enough to where mm-hmm. i could take care of <laughs> this kid yeah and and then obviously do i do i even want kids mm-hmm. and so i mean i knew from a, a young age that uh I definitely wanted kids. Yeah. And and finally, you know, I got to that point in my life where I had a career, I had money coming in, you know, a steady paycheck. Um, and it was like, okay, this is, all right, I'm married now. Let's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I, that's, I guess that's kind of how I realized that I was ready. Yeah. But <laughs> I had, I had a good, you know, going back to my, my college, uh, friend, uh, my friend since kindergarten, um, he called me one day and he, he had been married for like five years or so. I, I don't know how many years it was multiple years that he was. And he had said, you know, uh, my parents keep asking, you know, when, when are you going to give us grandkids? Yeah. And I was like, man, <laughs> yeah. don't let the pressure of that. You, it's, it, it's a big commitment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not like you can say, oh, I want to return this thing. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, you can, (laughs) but like, you know, I think abortion should be legal up until 18. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, that's like something that you can't ever, you know, return. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my my parents tell me the same thing. Well, my mom, every time I come home, oh, when, or every time I, she knows that some, I'm like, hanging out with some girl or whatever she's like i want grandkids <laughs> every time i come home she's like where are my grandkids because uh, i think you know with with women they like want that especially mothers <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah absolutely but i'm like you know when the time is right it will happen yeah right um in in the bigger picture because obviously the time is never gonna be right for me <laughs> um <laughs> So, like, I, I think about that a lot also where I'm like, dude, I can, like, barely even take care of myself. Yeah. What makes me think that I'm going to be able to take care of a kid? <laughs> right. 
especially them first couple of years, man. I tell you what, like <clears throat> the lack of sleep. Oh, it just. As a matter of fact, so when when I was teaching you, <laughs> uh, you had uh, I had my my second daughter, second, um, who's now thirteen. Wait. The uh, first one, she's 21 right now. Yes. Uh, when did you have her? How old were you when you had her? So I became an instant dad when my wife and I got married. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we got married, um, and then I adopted her. So she was, I want to say six, six or seven when we got married. And then uh, I adopted her. <laughs> um, I think I adopted her right after... Uh, Avery was born. Yeah, because Avery was with us when I remember we went and uh, and did the whole adoption process. Um, so, yeah. So, but yeah, when Avery was born, man, it was it was a nightmare for like the first two years as far mm-hmm. as sleep goes. Yeah. Um, we had a nightly routine where she did not want to sleep. Like, we would put her in her <laughs> crib. You know, I mean, we, we got all kinds of advice from people. People, you know, uh, just... Just let her cry it out. I mean, she would cry for hours. And yeah. It was just, so finally, we had a routine where I would like, I would hold her like this and just kind of bounce her. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And then I would just bounce her and she would calm down and I would bring her to my, my chest. And I would hold her there and I, all the meanwhile, up walking around, kind of pacing back and forth. And finally, I would get to the point where I could like sit down on the couch and then kind of recline. And then she would just sleep on my chest. Mm-hmm. And... So, I mean, I don't know how long that was our nightly routine and it would just, I was like, my gosh, I'm not going to survive this. Yeah. So it, it definitely is, um, it's a lot of work, but, yeah. but it's worth it when you're ready. And then, and then you would have to wake up pretty early <laughs> to go and take care of what, a hundred and something kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, um, I I look back now and I'm like, man, I I couldn't do it at this age. Like I just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no energy. Yeah. Thank goodness I was in my twenties, dude. You don't even have like gray hairs. <laughs> well, you know the lighting. I guess you know it's, I, I've got more gray hair in my beard than I do on my head. So I just I keep that. Usually I keep it trimmed up. I've I've let it grow out since yeah. we've been on vacation. But <laughs> man, but you still look great though. I, I like, appreciate. Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, talking about resolutions, I, I, I typically don't set resolutions because I know that I'm going to fail. Mm. Um, so I, every year I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing a resolution. But I will set goals for myself. I mean, you can call them resolutions if you want, semantics, right? Mm. Um, but I feel better saying that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set goals. Um, and one of those for this upcoming year is I want to I wanna get back into the gym. I want to do a little more. I mean... So I already have kind of like a somewhat of a morning routine. Uh, man, by nine ten o'clock, I'm I'm done. Like I, <laughs> look, you know, I I'll go up to bed and I'll pass out like that. Yeah. But three four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock, I'm wide awake. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. And so I'll often get up. I'll come downstairs. I'll open up my computer. I'll take care of emails or, you know, something that I want to get done. Um, that's kind of like, that's my most productive time 
is as soon as I wake up, I'm ready. Like yesterday morning, as a matter of fact, I was up at... There have been multiple times this week that I've been up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I think yesterday I got up and I had a few things that I wanted to do, just, you know, little household projects I wanted to do. And by 8 o'clock, I think I had already accomplished most of them. (laughs) And so it was like 10.30 in the morning. I was like, I'm ready for a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's one of my goals as well is uh like getting back in the gym i mean i do a i do so much cardio like yeah. i play with four soccer teams when i on the days that i'm not playing soccer i'm riding my bike i ride for sure uh wednesday nights most thursdays uh and sundays like if i'm not playing soccer i'm riding if i'm not riding i'm playing soccer mm-hmm. right some days i do both like like if i have a late soccer game like 10 p.m. or something i'll go ride i'll go to work then i'll go ride then i'll go to my soccer game so i do i do so much cardio so like the gym i won't really like bulk up and become all super yeah hulk but uh but i've definitely i haven't been in the gym in so many years now and so like i at least want to like get a little bit more shred you know like and like i'll just feel better about myself right I'll, i'll get a little bit more confidence and um, I, I I need to work on doing that routine as well, because right now I like wake up, put some clothes on, go to work, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, when I wasn't working this past month, oh my god, I was going to bed at like three, four, <laughs> just playing video games all night long. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, I cannot do this. I cannot be this way. Yeah. Um, well, slippery slope (laughs) yeah yeah in and right now like i mean that that might work for you right or i can make it work yeah (laughs) but i have to get up early if i want to get anything done i mean because as soon as as soon as i get to work i mean my day is non-stop and then i come home and uh of course i want to be a family man right Mm -hmm. i want to interact with my kids um and, you know, my son plays baseball, although he's now in off-season. My daughter is really into martial arts, which she has that three times a week. And so if I'm not taking one of them to practice, uh, I'm making dinner, you know, for when they get back, from when, you know, my wife takes them. Um, and then it's just, it's on the entire time. And then, yeah. you know, we have our, our bedtime routine and, and just trying to interact with one another and, and read and, and do things like that. And, uh, and then, like I said, because I get up so early, once they go down to bed during the school year, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it just, so the only time, if I want to work on anything like my personal goals, I have to get up at three, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, you know, so I usually, I'll get up and I'll, I'll do some reading, um, you know, whether that be the Bible or a book that I'm reading, um, or kind of pursuing that goal that I have for myself, you know? So like I, I enjoy the whole writing process. Um, and so like, I'll get up and I'll do some writing. Uh, and then I also have some goals for this upcoming year as well, as far as that goes in business, uh, type stuff. Yeah. So, Cause that, you were saying that like, you're going to, you, 
do writing for other people or, or like? Yeah, or, yeah. So okay. I did some freelance writing for um, people, and then that would earn me some money. Uh, so I, I wrote for them who, and then they would sell, they would create products out of it and, and sell it. And so, which is cool, like I'm getting, you know, some money. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, that's, I'm trading time for money, right? Mm-hmm. So I only get paid every time I write an article. Whereas, um, you know, being a teacher, I, I sell lessons and things like that. <clears throat> and I, things that I've created years ago, I'm still getting some money from it. Not as much as I used to. Uh, but that's one of my goals is to pick that back up. Yeah. And create more so that I can sell them again and again and again. And then, you know, over time... I will have put time in, but now I'm getting that residual income. Yeah. So. Right. That that's a goal for my, for me this uh, upcoming year. Mm-hmm. Just getting back into that freelance writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So what what other goals do you have? So you have uh, the writing and getting back in the gym. Do you have any other ones or? Uh, really, right now those are the the two big ones that I really want to pursue. Um. I've always had, well, so now, as far as my career goes, um, I have an opportunity to step out of the classroom right? oh, okay. yeah. and, and work with teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I recently found out <laughs> within the last couple of weeks, now, you know, they're beginning to offer incentives for teachers um, as far as money goes according to to classroom evaluations and student scores. And uh, within the last couple of weeks, I, I found out that I'm actually eligible for additional funds because of it. Mm. And so, but that only applies if I stay within the classroom. Yeah. So now I'm kind of conflicted. What do I do? Do I yeah. step out of the classroom and pursue that? Or do I stay in the classroom and receive this money that is... Uh, a teacher incentive. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. But eventually, um, I need to focus on where I want to go career wise. Like, I love being a teacher, but I know that I, I, I think I have a gift in leadership and mentoring and working with new teachers and um, just working with teachers in general and kind of having that that vision and that drive to take everybody from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. Um, Am I going to let money motivate me or am I going to pursue this is kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. So I've got a whole semester to decide that. But uh, (laughs) so that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm at. And then I also just uh, graduated with my master's. Right. And so that has actually opened up some doors with within, you know, the college area and I mean, so I'm a part of this cohort that they're using us as research and it's opened up some doors to, um, go and do research in other countries. Um, I've also been invited to a conference in Portland coming up in February. Um, and that's simply because my professor has kind of recognized my, my gifts and talents, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, an awesome compliment, you know, from Mm -hmm. her. So that's been really cool. Um, I'm really excited to see if this opens up any other doors, any other avenues. 
you know, because I'm at that point in my career. Uh, essentially, I'm kind of halfway or just beyond halfway of my career. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of looking forward to, like, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, where can I make a big impact? I mean, yeah. I feel like I can continue to have impact on students. But I also think, okay, I've kind of done what I need to do here. Where can I have an impact here? Yeah. And how can I impact these teachers so that they can go and do awesome things here? Yeah. And and that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, you graduated with your master's in curriculum, right? Yeah, curriculum and instruction. And instruction. Yep. So if I'm thinking if you stay as a teacher in the classroom, that kind of you're not putting that to use, right? Like all this hard work that you've done. Uh, I mean, actually you are, well, so with this, a lot of it goes into, um, like lesson design Mm -hmm. and strategies and, uh, creating curriculum, right. Right. And, and becoming better in my instruction. So I think that the degree that I have better translates into being a classroom teacher versus going into like administration. Right. So there's a another master's program that you could get into that's um, admin and, and leadership. Right. So the one that I went through would definitely help me as a classroom teacher. Oh, OK. Um, but it will also help me in the instructional coach position, which, you know, I could potentially have next year. Um, but ultimately, I would love to become a program director for all middle school science that's my goal mm-hmm. or um getting out of the educational system and what i mean by that is like being tied to a district like you know some kind of educational consultant or something where i'm still having an impact but on a, a broader scale i guess yeah <clears throat> uh so Recently, there's been a lot of, uh, uh, like, distrust with, like, the media and a lot of uh, change with, like, curriculum that they're teaching in schools with, like, like a big topic is, uh, like, gender and sex, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it's really polarized our entire nation. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, how do you feel about, like, all of that stuff? Like, do you think that, like, curriculum with science is, uh, like, let's say, like, putting aside your faith, do you think that science curriculum is, like, on a path that it shouldn't be on right now? (laughs) Or... Or do you think that, um, like, I don't know, uh, government has a lot to do with curriculum, right? Or, like, local government. Yeah, on the state level. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think Texas is a lot more conservative, obviously, with with their curriculum. Mm -hmm. So there's not much change. Well, I don't know. Has there been a lot of change? Not at the middle school level. Okay. Um, I'm not quite sure if there has been at the high school level. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Or even elementary, yeah, right? Yeah, even elementary. But I've not I've not heard anything, mm-hmm. to be honest. Because, like, on Twitter and, like, Instagram mm-hmm. and stuff, like, I've seen some, like, wild stuff of, like, elementary. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, like, California and, like, Oregon. And <laughs> I don't know, it's kind of scary. <laughs> Honestly, I think that there are a lot of things that are going in. Yeah, based on what I've heard and seen, you know. I don't know what's true and what's just stories and what's made right. up. Um, but I think a lot of that is like, it's not the school's job. Right? Right. Um, we definitely shouldn't be pushing anything onto the kids. Like, and, and honestly, like I even, so, and I'm not trying to be hypocritical in all of that. So like, I don't even think it's the school's job to say, Oh, well, creationism is correct, that there is a God versus evolution. I mean, it's not the school's job to do that. I I don't send my kid to school to get an education in faith, right? Yeah. Um, I definitely don't think it's our job to say, oh, well, there are more than two genders or there are only two genders. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I I think we need to stay out of that. Yeah. And, And... let the parents do their job. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, but thank goodness it hasn't been, it hasn't been an issue uh, here that I've yeah that here yeah, that I've had to experience or whatever because yeah. I, I I honestly don't know what I would do. Yeah. I mean. I don't. Yeah, that puts you in a tough spot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I guess. If it was something that I was really against, I mean, I guess I'd have to find something else to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. <clears throat> um, I want to go back to uh, talking about, like, God and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, one question that that I have a lot of interesting conversations about is uh, when you think of God— do you give that God a gender? Like, like a lot of times we say, oh, he knows or, or he did this for a reason, right? So everybody kind of assumes that, like, God is like a male. Yeah. I say, like, he or him or whatever because just, like, society has kind of made me do that. But I think that, I think that, like, if there is a God... I think that that God is more of a, uh, let's say we give it a gender, I think it'd be more of a female, right? Because yeah. because, because if you think about it, like, a woman is what gives life, right? Like, human life, right? Even with animals, like, the most of the time, it's the the female organism giving that life. And if God created life, wouldn't that entity be more towards female? <laughs> that's. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's that's deep, right? Yeah. I mean, I've never really thought of it that way. No, uh, I mean, I would have to disagree with you on that in okay. the sense that, like, like I said, like I, mean, I view do, the Bible. Do you even give it a gender? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, uh, him, he. Okay. Right? Um. And because, like, I I believe that 
the Bible is <clears throat> true. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and and God is referred to as a as a Him, <laughs> you know, um, Heavenly Father, right? Uh, but I th- I thought that when people would say that they were talking about Jesus, which is the human form. Yeah. So of God, man, that that's so that's one of those things where um, I think a lot of believers would say it's complex and, and it's hard to understand, hard yeah. to wrap your mind around. So as Christians, we believe there is one God, mm-hmm. right? One supreme being that exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. To wrap your mind around that is tough, yeah. right? Um, so, and then Jesus, God the Son, is fully man, yet fully God. God incarnate. God in, in the form of man. So if you want to know what God, who, you know, we would say God the Father is, you would look at Jesus, mm-hmm. who, you know, um, is the the physical presence of God, right? And and then, you know, when when Jesus, God the Son, was crucified and rose from the dead, he eventually ascended into heaven to be in the presence of God the Father. One God, two beings, mm-hmm. right? And then, as believers, we are filled with the Holy Spirit, God's spirit um which <laughs> is, is <laughs> tough to to really understand yeah. so i mean I, I guess i've just conceded to the fact that i i'll try to understand it the best that i can but i'm not gonna sit there and and allow that to take me away from other things where i'm trying to figure it out because it's mm-hmm. just one of those things where i don't think that we'll know until we get in the presence of god right mm-hmm. um but yeah, so when we say uh, Heavenly Father, that that to me is God the Father. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus is God the Son. And then you have God the Holy Spirit. I gotcha. But yeah, I would definitely say uh, God is He, Him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I get where you're coming from when you're saying, you know, who gives life here on earth? Well, it's the, yeah. the females that do. Um, but again, we've got we've to understand that we are not God. We're not anything like God in the sense that God is God. Right. And we are a creation. Yeah, yeah. A, a created being that he specifically set up the way that he did for whatever reason, for whatever purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And And it is what it is. Yeah. So... It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, has there been, I mean, I I think there has been times where you've questioned God, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Has there been a time where you, like, completely doubted everything? Yeah. And, and even to this day, honestly... Um, I'm curious if, if, 
how many believers actually go through this and, and how many people would refuse to admit it. But, I mean, even to this day, uh, there are times when, when, when I'm laying there in the middle of the night and can't sleep and I'm alone with my thoughts, right? I mean, that, that's one of the scariest times yeah. of the day is when you're alone with your own thoughts um, where I will begin to think about things. And I'm like, man, what, what if there is no such thing as God? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a scary thought because then it's like, okay, when that day comes and you're done for, you're just done for. And to try to imagine that there's nothing else like that, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, but then I always go back to, okay, that's ridiculous because, you know, again, if I look at a computer, there's obviously um, evidence of a designer. Mm-hmm. And we are way more complex. I mean, it. and again, if you just go through everything, just the human body itself, right, is, is crazy. Yeah. Just how everything is, is set up. But then you think about the earth and how we're tilted just right. Yeah. We're at the right distance from the sun. We're rotating at r- the, the right speed because if you increase it <clears> or slow it down, then things get all yeah. wild and crazy. And it, it's not just right, but it's perfect. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, you know the the show uh, uh, Sheldon? the Young Sheldon? Young Sheldon, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the most compelling things that I've ever seen is where he's sitting with his mom and she's uh, she's... She believes in, in God and stuff. And obviously Sheldon's a believer in science and everything. And um, she's like having a hard time and she's crying. And and he, I forget what she says to him. But then young Sheldon says, uh, the, the, perf- the equation to gravity is perfect to the very last decimal. And if even one of those numbers was off, if if there was a two instead of a one, to the very last decimal point, yeah, <laughs> it would be completely thrown off. Yeah. So like, it's obviously by design. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, why do we have a moon? Yeah. Well, because it helps keep our wobble. I mean, because there is a slight wobble, mm-hmm. and from my understanding, it helps keep that wobble in check otherwise we would you know mm-hmm. and then so 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 you don't believe that the earth is flat right <laughs> <Absolutely> <laughs> not. that is like one of the craziest things ever and like the fact that it's g- getting a lot of traction yeah you know that's one of those things where it's kind of scary to think about yeah, that, like, and honestly i feel like a lot of people do that because they want to <sighs> jump on some kind of bandwagon and to like, kind of stand out we uh, we ran out of <laughs> storage, right? On our microphones. <laughs> hey, better to be out of storage than topics. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but it, I forgot what we were talking about. Um, but yeah, just uh, I just want to thank you for for everything, and uh, I really appreciate you for coming on and uh, taking your time to uh sip some whiskey and absolutely have some dinner yep i got to uh finally meet your family yes sir. i really appreciate that and uh just thank you 
I appreciate you so much, dude. <laughs> I, I appreciate you having me on. I mean, honestly, it's an honor to, you know, for you to think of me as somebody that's been uh, somebody who's maybe inspired you or you know, mentored. But um, again, as a teacher, it's <laughs> it's a big compliment, mm-hmm. and I and I don't think I don't think you understand how how big of a compliment that is. So, um, I'm j- I'm just glad to hear everything that you're doing. Uh, the impact that you've already made. And again, I hope that you, you know, throughout all of this and just personal reflection and anything else that you do, recognize how awesome you really are and that you've already had a big impact more than you probably recognize and you'll continue to do so. So, and I look forward to hearing more, you know, about the things that you do in the future. Mm-hmm. You'll definitely know. <laughs> Appreciate it. And um, I, I plan on uh, doing more if if you're up for it. Absolutely. You know, uh, yeah. later down the road we can do another one. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a whole different setup. You <laughs> <laughs> have a whole different setting. Right. Um, but, yeah, I really appreciate those words. And uh, it means a lot to me, you know, ever ever since the beginning. Ever since that, since I was in your class and we would have those little conversations on the side, and then, uh, and then you took your time to, to take me out to lunch and and let me be vulnerable with you and really appreciate everything you've done for me. Well, it it honestly is an honor and it's one of those things. Like I said, it's it's not necessarily about the science science content that you learn. Mm-hmm. It's that um, you've taken something from it and you're able to apply it to your life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's, it's been cool to really honestly see the friendship that we've built, yeah. you know, beyond that in, in later years. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I admire, I admire you as a, as a person, as a man, as a, as a father, <laughs> um, especially as a teacher. I appreciate it, man. Um, and you know you're you're one of those great men in my lives in in my life that I think about yeah. all the time yeah i fucking love you <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate that man come here bring it in <laughs> thank you